Okay, what's up, man? Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to the You Go Boy podcast. What's good? <laughs> what you laughing for? Well, if y'all was to see us, I'm actually recording in my bed. <laughs> Help us. With the mic in my hand like I'm Marvin Gaye. <laughs> uh, remember he was recording the I Want You? That's why I keep on singing it during our pre-call. Oh, is that why? He said he was he was just laying out. I want you. I said yes, Marvin. <laughs> <laughs> he was. And I'm recording the pod. It's almost midnight, y'all. Shoot, my living room lights turned off. I'm here. Come <laughs> <laughs> on, show oh, God. This will be doing. Help me, God. It's probably these green beans I just had. They got Cajun seasoning on them. I love me some green beans. But why am I eating green? It's 11.43. I'm eating green beans. Listen, we are tired. Hell. But this is your co-host, Marjavon Shaw. You've been listening to Jay Bosco, who is getting married this weekend. Hey, 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 hey. hey. Tie that knot, tie that knot. Tie that knot, tie that knot, tie that knot, tie that knot, tie Congratulations. Apple Watch didn't went off on me. <laughs> Alright, who are you, Nigel? Uh, who are you? Who are you, Nigel? Yeah, so I'm your co other co-host, <laughs> Nigel C. Mask. And we are just glad to be back with you all again. Yes, we are. Yes, um, it has been so fun. Um, first of all, what are you drinking? And then let's get into like this good old fireside chat. Okay, well, you know, I always keep a cocktail um, oh, on standby. Uh, so tonight I'm trying something different. Um, <laughs> I chuckle because <laughs> usually I'm more on the pricier end of like bourbons and cocktails and stuff, but I have really been trying to be money conscious. And That's good. so I know it's, it's the growth, y'all, and we're going to get into all this later, but. I found this bottle and it's called On the Rocks Premium Cocktails. So, of course, it got me with premium cocktails because I was like, no, wait a minute. But it's called premium. the Old Fashioned. And it's made with Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey, bitters, and natural flavors. So, it's all like packaged in a bottle in and of itself. It's 35% Ooh. alcohol, 70 proof. And it was only like $15 at Ooh. our store here. And all you have to do is pour over pour over ice and enjoy and this is it so far so good yeah, yeah i feel like half of the bottle already it must be good watch yourself because yeah. it's not <laughs> that large of a bottle no it's the average size bottle you guys yeah it looks like, like it looks like the size of like jack daniels no it really looks like the size of red hot like not the too big not too small but just right first of all why are you using red hot anyway clearly what you don't like red hot Rare house for white people. <gasps> Louisiana. Franks. Well, Red, Franks, Franks is Red House, Red stupid. <laughs> Just move on. Clearly, you need something to drink. Bye. Bye. Okay. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> You're dismissed. Oh, I didn't. So what are you I not drinking? drinking? So, right, because I'm keto. Mm. <laughs> uh, or Mito, whenever I don't feel like being keto. Um, but I did have my good choice of greens today which is really good but i am drinking club soda <laughs> zero calories and it's late at night and so my body does not have the opportunity to let those calories go oh i am the fat friend like between me and nigel <laughs> i'm not 
fat, you know, we just talking, you know. But um, but you know what I mean? I'm the chubby one. You know, truthfully, truthfully I might, what? I might be the one because y'all, you know, it's that time of year where you're probably cleaning out your closets or contemplating about cleaning them out. <laughs> That's true. And let me tell y'all, I have bags of clothes. Bags <laughs> and of thing- bags. What I love about the fact that Nigel has, has like bags of clothes is that why are the clothes color coordinated though? Like, like, like when you take them to the good one, and they're not just gonna just dump them in the middle of like he got all of his whites that he want to give away together, all of his blues. I'm like, what is for? Like, what's the reason for that? It's just the way that I gather them out of my closet. I like to put things together like colors patterns textures Mm -hmm. together so that i don't i don't really but they don't care no they don't i it just i don't here's the thing i just want the clothes gone yeah it's satisfying to my soul and i just need the clothes gone at this point because guess what i can't fit them i'm getting this adult weight and i was told that (laughs) then we stopped getting this which I don't think is true, but stop getting it, I guess, around like 29. And since yeah. I'm like knocking on 29 in five more months, I'm like, oh, it's alive and well. I'm knocking on 30 in two and a half months, which is kind of cool to me. Yes, indeed. I'm having a good time. Yeah. So, fireside chat, what's been happening? Mm. Yeah. So, I would like the world to know that I have officially applied for graduation. Oh, okay. I thought that you were is- say a ring on your finger. Ooh. Now, why you didn't tell me that? Not yet. Okay. Future. But yes. current, present day. I apply <laughs> for graduation. And that's really exciting. Y'all, I'm about to have a whole mask. Which is a ring. Okay. <laughs> you get that I'm paper. Exci- I'm excited about that. I'll be getting my master's in executive leadership and organizational change. Yes. And I'm very excited. I just finished my last spring semester. I just have summer to go. Um, so that's going on. And that's just been who Chile has just been exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> of it all, huh? I mean, telling you. And then, um, yeah. And I'm ready for my best friend back. Like, you know, I'm just taking over your life. Hey, oh my god. Yeah. We used to like, I'd be like, hey, Nigel, I'm gone. Like, I have work in this city. You want to come? Yeah, yeah, I'm coming. You know what I mean? Like, and I would be there, no question. Yes. Like, let's go. Train, yeah. automobile. How do we need to get there? But baby. Right. I'm like, you just said the hotel with me because I'm already be here, you know. And he'll yeah. make your way. We have not really done that. We did it in Chicago. Kind of, yeah. sort of. Kind of, sort of. Because we both were scheduled to be there, but. Right. So but, with that being said, like growing the business, that's been something else I've been working on. So aside from that's true. trying to wrap up grad school and finish strong, um, growing the business. Um, shout out to our Collegiate 100 brother, Ronald Hart Brown. Yeah. And he's a marketer company. for yeah. And which we will a marketing you know, guy for our organization too. Yes, for, for our gentlemen. So yep. um he has gracious graciously, Lord Lord, taken on um the challenge to uh work on some branding material for me and everything like that. So have yep. some things that'll be rolling out soon. Um so I thank him for that. But just growing the business, having speaking opportunities, which I'm great very grateful to Mario putting me on a few years back with Chris Goins and Butler College Prep. Um, having yeah. an opportunity to talk to those students about what I do. And I enjoy going there um, every year that I've been allowed, afforded uh, the opportunity, I should say, to go and speak to the students. So growing the brand, figuring out how I'm going to integrate this degree, 
um, living my best life, being in love. Like I've just been busy, child. And okay. um, gearing up for Asia. Yeah, he's going to Singapore. Going to Asia. I'll be going to Singapore. <laughs> I love Singapore. Vietnam and Malaysia, y'all. So yeah, that's what's been going on with me. Good. Ooh, child. So what's been going on with you? I'm about to say you ain't gonna ask me. Ooh. No, I'm just messing. So, um, <laughs> so, so, uh, what's going on with me is uh, just a lot, you know. I'm currently still in a process of, of uh, like I mentioned to y'all, working on like two books and just really bringing that whole black boy joyness out of it all. And I've just been really having a good time exploring myself within the process. Mm-hmm. That just has been great. I've been doing a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot more than average traveling. So I'm ready for the average <laughs> traveling, which I usually travel about like once a month, once or twice a month. And right now I'm like traveling like four or five times out of the month. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a busy time for us as an organization. Um, as people are asking for us to speak mm-hmm. um, at different events and stuff. And it just has been a blessing. Um, That's what's up. Yeah. That's I'm trying to think. To be um, asked and also like the presence of That's what true. you're bringing being valued so much. Yeah. That's really a great, a great you thing. A when you there. Think about where you, where you all started with an idea and then sitting in a living room. And now being requested all over the globe. Like, you're not just in the U.S., you're international. That is true. Mm-hmm. Come on. Wow. How old are y'all? Four years old. Four years old and international. Yeah, got some, some Negroes in different places. Oh, okay, see, so you just took that <laughs> moment and just made it real urban ish urban <laughs> so yeah so it's reading no very good i mean niger has been reading a book you are a badass mm-hmm. um we just been talking about that and i've been reading um the book heart talk by cleo wade and it's just woo, that y'all book i'm reading that let's can we just take a moment for the fact that i'm reading for for leisure right. <laughs> <laughs> because I swear I thought you was one of my dumb ass friends at one point. I was like, Jesus Christ, like, he ain't going to grow none. He ain't going to develop. <laughs> he ain't going to invest in himself with these books. I'm not going to take this sitting down. So let's talk about this Heart Talk book that you're reading. What made you? <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. If I was really invested into the Heart Talk book, I wouldn't be talking like this. But it really is an opportunity for you to just speak positive things into your life. Mm-hmm. And it just motivated me to continue with my with my work. So that's where I'm currently at right now. Um, yeah, and it's just been very, very good. That's it. Like the, you know, the fire has been chatted. <laughs> because we've been honestly busy, but also you guys, there are some things that we are a little bit with held with helding to talk about because we're gonna do it in the next segment. We're gonna based hold on, based on the uh, <laughs> who's, who's been drinking, me or you? Shit, I mean, <laughs> we 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 what you say? We've been withhelding. Well, we withholding. withheld the information. Is what okay. Well, we paused the information. Oh, okay. For, for us to do it after the break because the topic of conversation is these detours. So we're gonna really, really go, get into that. But 
Oh, what a privilege it is to carry. Yes, it is. Everything to God in prayer. Because if I couldn't, oh, yes. <laughs> Not you like <laughs> like Because this is taking on a new direction. <laughs> I feel like I was at a morning service, tip revival to, you said the, oh, yes. And it made me. Yes. Sometimes you got to shout for, shout your own word. No, you that, gotta, oh, yes, gave me a real, like early 2000s vibe and I was thinking about what songs I was thinking about got a new dinner, uh, no. oh yeah nope that yeah. actually doesn't even oh, yeah. go in that song oh yeah the beautiful thing about this moment is that we would never get fined for using that because those two don't even go together <laughs> no they do got a new no. Oh yeah. Okay, I want y'all to comment on it to let me know, because <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what they do. My body, your body, my body. <laughs> so I kind of find out that people do sing a lot on their Instagram, like I mean on their podcast, and they mm-hmm. don't get fine. Okay. Well, I ain't gonna try it out because I ain't filed <laughs> my taxes yet. So me neither. <laughs> <laughs> File y'all taxes. <laughs> if you I do nothing else, please file them taxes. Okay, we are trying. Listen, like, we entrepreneurs. When your ass know you're going, oh, bitch, you ain't in a rush to file your <laughs> okay. I'm desperate for an extension. <laughs> Listen, text it tomorrow. Hey, girl. Hey, hi. Okay. Need an extension? Hey. Okay, it's me. Baby girl. Okay, birthday, I need that extension. Life. What do we do? Because this ain't... <laughs> they working for my good. <laughs> the taxes, no. Ooh, I be so pissed. How much, y'all? <laughs> <laughs> for real? Can I just add it to the rest of it? Add it to the payment plan, girl. And did I? How much you? How much you willing to pay each month? Sixty dollars. <laughs> Enough to where y'all won't come looking for me. Okay. Hello. Well, sir, you're not gonna be done the two, three years from now. Well, as long That's as I fine. Get, what my daddy used to say: as long as I owe you. You'll never be broke. Never broke. <laughs> Why one of my clients work for the IRS? Mm. I don't like to talk about too much business when she come in there. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't either. <laughs> Baby girl, we got to, I don't even want you to know. I said, who you mm. work in? She said, oh, I work for the Internal Revenue Service. That's how you know I'm on a payment plan. I know the name. Most of okay. y'all didn't know IRS stood that for that. Be coming in every month. Y'all ain't even know IRS stood for that. Yeah. So with that being said, I said, no, we good. We ain't got to talk about that. We ain't got to talk about it. Until the government stopped killing bodies, I ain't paying nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you go pay. Uh, Okay. Right. Okay. Oh, real quick. I would like to shout this out. So tonight I went to go see um, the movie Little. Shout out to good brother Rico for getting us tickets to go see Little. It was a good movie, y'all. So if you have an opportunity to go see it, definitely go support it. It was fun. It was funny. Um, yeah, and our girl, I cannot think of her name, from the movie, uh, from the TV show Black-ish. I know she had a uh, hand in it. Our favorite, our favorite character, Diane. <laughs> her name she is Marche. Marche Martin. Okay, I believe you. Something like that. Well, not to be disrespectful because I, again, don't know her name. Um, she was great. And I know she had a hand in the production of the she movie. She was the producer, right? Again, I say, I don't know all these details. Um, but So next time when you decide to want to shout some shit out, can we make Ooh, sure that you know? Wee. I think the fireside has been chatted. Hmm? 
Hold on. I don't think her name Marche Martin. See. I really came up with that name. Hold on, y'all. We're gonna get it together today. <laughs> I love I love this fireside chat. <laughs> we have caught. <laughs> oh, one of the things I was just at my alma mater at the University of Cincinnati and just had the opportunity to just give back through speaking, y'all. It was amazing. These young, it was for the black male educ. It was black male luncheon. I educated, but the black male luncheon, and um, I shared a speech on just how to own your identity. I know in a previous podcast, Nigel and I talked about, um, you know, not a coming out story, but an inviting in moment because everybody has an inviting in moment. And so you don't have to be like, oh, I'm different because now I have to always come out. No, we're all the same because we always have to allow every, we always have to allow the moment for people to come into our lives. And yeah, I did a, a thing on that. Um, what is this girl's name? Hold on. <laughs> what, Nigel? Her name? It, 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 you're correct. I think that because, you know, I got a reading situation, I can't really pronounce it. Oh, Marce. Marche. Okay. Oh, Martin, like Martin. you said. All right, cool. Actually, Marce. Okay. So that it, you are right. I'm excited to watch it. I'm going to go. It was see. really good. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Regina Hall, Issa Rae, and her. Everybody did such a great job. It was it was great. Tone Bell, Luke James is in it. Like it was good. Thoroughly enjoyed she, it. It has a thing for Luke James, but I know she's engaged, so that's okay. Um, <laughs> she is engaged. You didn't know Issa was engaged. Yeah, I ain't even stuck on that part. I'm stuck on the first part. She got a thing for Luke James. That's what you said. I love Issa. And Justin Hartley is in there from This Is Us, which I love that show too. So who is that? Oh, that's uh that's Kevin. Yep. I don't know him by his real name. That's just Kevin. I'm on Google. So I can't even take that. All right. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, this has been your fireside. <laughs> we are coming back as real as we can. Um, but that was fun. I really, really enjoyed that. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed this fight. That was fun. The first, the topic of conversation that we're doing today is when life presents you a detour, how do you respond? How do you respond? So we're going to take this quick commercial break and we'll be back. Podcast. This is again your co-host Mario Jodavan Shah. Who are you? <laughs> Just to remind you guys, because um, we get a lot of new people that come on to our podcast, mm-hmm. and it's just been really, really fun. Um, we joke at the beginning, but then we really like to prov- leave y'all um, and, and set you on your ways with 
just some amazing information that you know we're learning and the purpose of you go boy podcast is for us to be extremely vulnerable and that you guys are learning from our vulnerability to be able to show up in your lives mm-hmm. you know show up in your life as as authentically as you possibly can that's very important i agree <laughs> you, I wasn't sure because you show was delayed on the amen. Okay, I agree. Okay. Yes, that no, was great. And so today's topic of conversation is going to be when life presents you a detour, how do you respond? And so mm-hmm. I've been dealing with a lot, you guys, and this is why there has been like kind of like a pause. I kind of find myself like in a little bit of a slight depression, and like jokingly, but like seriously. I was really wanting to go to rehab, um, but it's really hard to find rehab, rehab facilities when you don't have a substance abuse. <laughs> like, really? I really was like, I would just love to be secluded in like a, a location and like have some type of like 12-step program where I can just get back to me. Um, mm. Because I found myself just going back and forth between like just a whole bunch of things. And obviously I have, a, I have a lot on my plate. Um, you know, we just had got done with our conference and from our conference, we went to this and then from this, we went to, it was just so much going on, you guys. And then one of the biggest things that happened was that my mom was diagnosed with, uh, with uh, breast cancer, really, really very early beginning stages. But the thing is when you hear the fact that your parent has breast cancer, or cancer, that's the biggest detour of it all. Because you don't you don't incorporate that into the story. You don't incorporate, oh, they're gonna have cancer into the story. So this is obviously a detour of the story that is yeah. in your head. And cancer becomes becomes real. So my mom, she got a double mastectomy um and reconstruct the surgery and so now she got new titties and uh <laughs> <laughs> and, and she's cancer free but that's how we look at it too you know it was a very rough time for me and everything and i just didn't take a pause one because my mom said like you know the best thing that i could do uh for her is to just keep on working but it was very very difficult um and so and so because it was that difficult and because I had to keep on going, I had to ask myself this question and provide myself with the skills on responding. Uh, so again, the question was, when life presents you a detour, which we all have them, how do you respond? And I, was on, I, I went from grief to being on that respond part, mm-hmm. of that I'm taking action. When you say respond, it's, I'm no longer allowing my current situation to impact me. Mm-hmm. I am going to respond in a way that is going to bring me growth mm-hmm. despite these detours, in spite of these detours. Right. One of those is probably the right term. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, that's really good to point out because at the same time, um, receiving the call from you, saying that yeah. your mom was experiencing um the very early stages of breast cancer was very shocking mm-hmm. um for sure and just from a friend and a supportive standpoint was like how can i you know be there for you and mm-hmm. what does that look like especially mm-hmm. as young entrepreneurs 
um, that are constantly on the go. Like we're always thinking about our health, our mental health, our wellness, how we can provide services and everything. And then all of a sudden you look up and your parent is experiencing a health crisis is what it seems. And you're like, whoa, everything, you wish everything could just stop, but it doesn't just stop. No. So you, you try to figure out like, well, how do I navigate this space? Yeah. Um, and it also like, think it, for me anyway, just as a, being a friend, just listening, I was just like, whoa, we have really crossed over. Right. Like, we crossed over. Yeah. Like we're adulting for real, for real. Like we've crossed over from, you know, the parent being the caregiver to us, to us potentially being caregiver, us thinking about, well, what does this mean if my parent gets sick? Or whatever. Does this mean that I relocate him or her closer to me? Do I move closer to them? Do I think about facilities that are available to them? Like all those things flood your mind in addition to controlling the thoughts of like, oh, well, this is it. Like all at the same time, all these, these fears, these anxieties and all these things come, you know, flooding the mind. Yeah. All at the same time. And I just didn't have the time to process it. Mm -hmm. But now, while going through the middle of it, there were three key points that just truly came out to me mm-hmm. and, and it, that spoke out to me, that stuck out to me. And those three key choices really helped me to make it to my next level in life where now I'm on the other side of it. And mm-hmm. with being on the other side of it, I really, really understand how uh, life just works. We all are going to present, going to receive detours mm-hmm. uh, at some point in our life. Um, how do we respond? And it's funny that it's funny that we're talking about detours because when we was in Cincinnati, this is how life sometimes works. When I was in Cincinnati, I was supposed to leave. I was supposed to leave yesterday. I didn't leave till today. Um, and the reason why is because they were rerouting the planes mm-hmm. Ooh, that's good i don't know why that felt something something with that i didn't even <laughs> share yet but that but they were rerouting the planes because something was there right yeah. so like because charlotte was shutting down said so to reroute them to another destination and to me that's what life is doing to a detour is a reroute that something is over there that we don't even know mm-hmm. and like god is like de- get like providing like this detour for us to be able to it's, go it's in this direction. Or a detour could also mean, as I'm really thinking about it, so we are being rerouted, but a detour also means that there's construction happening in this area, right? So I got to go around it. And so there is construction happening in, in our life. Or a detour, like with my mom, there was really reconstructive surgery happening, but it provided me opportunity to strongly reflect. I had mm-hmm. the opportunity to reflect on what is this, what is this truly mean for me and the fact that we all experience detours yeah um it's funny because at the top of february um similarly to as we were talking about you know your mom experiencing um their very early stages of breast cancer i was walking into class and my sister facetimes me and i ignored the call because i'm thinking it's my niece Mm. who typically facetimes me from her phone but then i get another call I'm like, hey, you know, like, what's up? She said, um, I just wanted to let you know that daddy just went to the hospital. He has congestive heart failure. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, congestive 
heart failure. Like when you hear heart failure, mm-hmm. that's already a thing. Then you say congested heart failure. I'm thinking there's a blockade, like in his heart, his valves, he like what like what's going on as I'm getting ready to walk into class. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? What does that look like? And then I'm reflecting on my dad. I'm like, well, when I was home for Christmas, this was December. His hands and his ankles were very swollen. His legs were swollen. Like to give you a a, a visual image, think about a tree stump. That's how his legs looked. And I'm like, dad, this isn't normal. Like, I really want you to go to the doctor. I need you to figure this out. And all of that. So to go from him saying like Nige is what he calls me. He's like, Nige, you know, okay, I'm gonna go to the doctor. To go from that in December to top of February, we're talking about congestive heart failure. He's been admitted to the hospital. I'm like, whoa, wait. Yeah. What does that mean? Um yeah. and even in that, I had plans like that weekend. I was flying out. Um, I still had things, you know, things that I had going on. Jijina. Doing what you need to do. Yeah, doing what I need to do for, you know, for me. But it it just put it in perspective again, that whole, like, crossover. Like, whoa. Like, what what does this mean for me? Mm -hmm. So that was very impactful. And, um, yeah, it was very impactful. It didn't really present necessarily a detour in my plans. But it did present me with an opportunity to make choices. Yeah. And with that, I chose to still go along with the plans that I had already set, you know, I had set in motion. But what I did do was be the best son, the best brother that I could be from yeah. a distance. Um, and however I could support my mother and my sister and extended family to give the support to my father that he needed. That's what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, because I feel like sometimes we get to that crossroads of, you know, should I drop everything that I'm doing and tend to whatever the family needs or do I still press for what I need to do? And granted, you know, different situations will cause us to do different things. But in that moment, I look back on it. I'm glad that I chose to go with my original plans as well as support my family, how I could support them. Yeah. Um, because ultimately there was nothing that I could do, but best believe when I got situated, I called <laughs> and I was on the yeah. phone with the nurse and I said, break this down for me. And I felt like she was a little exhausted, you know, a little exhausted with me a little bit, but I had questions and yeah. we're going to ask those questions <laughs> while I have you on the phone, ma'am. So, yeah. <laughs> so that was the first point. We have three points in like, how do you respond and, like, what's important r- around that? And Nigel kind of mentioned it, that the first point is it is a realization that you have choice, which you is so cool. I think you, you mentioned that, too. And you don't recognize that when you get a detour, it's like, okay, you have to make a decision. And mm-hmm. I think that's part of the anxiety decision, because when you get a detour and you have to make a decision, you're trying to re- figure out whether it's the right or wrong decision. There is no wrong answer. Yeah, there you have to one. definitely do what's what fit what your your soul, your gut, your inclination tells you to do because Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what to say. Like you definitely have to do what feels right to your soul. 
Mm-hmm. And me being a nurturer, I'm the type of person who will drop everything to be there for my friends, family. Um, no questions asked, but at what cost? Yeah. Right. And so that's what I thought about. I'm like, okay, so say if I cancel my flight and all that, okay, yeah, yeah, I'll lose money, whatever, but I'll be there by the side of my parents, my siblings, and all of that. But what I will share is that with me not going, I still played a role, but allowed my sister to step up and to be able to handle things. Even my brother, most people don't even know I have a brother. I have a half brother who was there supporting my family um, and my father, you know, as well. And so it just gave me a peace of mind to know that my sister, my mom, my uncle, my, my brother, everybody is there making sure that he gets what he needs. Now, if things had gone a different way and I really needed to be there, then totally I would have been there. But it felt good to know that there were people in place to handle the situation and I had the choice to say, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. And I think about when we come to a detour in our life, we have choices. Um, you know, depending upon the situation, you can choose A or B. But always remember that you have a choice of how you're going to show up, how you're going to handle it, how you want to tap into your resources, how you're going to change your mindset. Like you have a choice whenever a detour comes. And the choice is up to you at the end of the day right and on top of that you have to get into a place where you made that the choice of what's best for you like because sometimes like nigel mentioned how we could prioritize our family but that could be detrimental for many people when they constantly are prioritizing their family and they're neglecting themselves Mm -hmm. i love the quote um the kind of Ayala uh, Van Zant said, which is very, very good. I'm about to grab, grab it real quick. Um, the quote that she said, which is really, really good in terms of definitely, definitely when there's a detour for your family, but she said, healing is the application of love. Once you do that, apply that healing to yourself. Then and only then can you help to heal a community. So you cannot help anybody else until you help yourself. So the choice should always, when, when, when determining the choice, it should always reflect on selfishly its impact on you. Now we're right there. Selfishly, we don't like to think selfishly, right? Yeah. Because we're taught from an early age to share and not to be selfish and consider others. But when you become an adult, I think that's that's when it kind of changes. Like we really have to be selfish and self-preserve and think about how things impact us and prioritize. Yeah. Um, because we take on so many issues, problems, concerns of other people mm-hmm. to where we don't have enough to even give to ourselves. I agree. And it's really important. Love it. The second point which I am okay with this is that if you want God to laugh, tell him your plans. <laughs> so many of us feel like we're on a detour because this was not a part of the plan. Mm-hmm. I don't personally, I, the way I think about it is that like, it's not that you don't supposed to plan because typically people use this and say, and see this, I don't plan for now. I just let life go. No, it's not 
that's not really to me what this is about. This is when you're not willing to be flexible in mm. your planning that God will be laughing because <laughs> you true. have to be flexible in 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 this plan that you are are creating mm. um, because you don't know where God is trying to take you. Uh, you have a sense in terms of seeing these signs, but it's funny because people say, "Tell him, your, tell him your plans." Well, we don't know our full. We don't. We don't know the full plan. He knows it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's why it's like, why are you doing? You know what I mean. So that's how I look at it. I, <laughs> I think that's a good. That's a good point. Um, to the point <laughs> that we are definitely supposed to plan. Write the vision. Make it please plan. plan. Yeah, <laughs> write the vision. Make it plain. Like have goals, make have aspirations, plan. but also grow in the area of being adaptable being flexible, yeah. being agile. Um, because but how hard is that? Because I very, think the it's reality, very hard. Yeah. Depending upon the person, like if you think about certain people's backgrounds and sometimes the way we're just genetically made up, I know I'm a person, let me tell you, I don't like ambiguity. I don't like the gray area. I like to know what's going on. Is it black? Is it white? Is it orange? Is it green? Like, tell me what it is. And mm-hmm. I remember being a a teenager and my uh, godfather who was also our youth pastor at the time he said Nigel you can't be the potter in the clay Mm -hmm. I said well (laughs) okay in other words and I would rather be the clay at the end of the day you would you would rather be the clay right because you want to be molded into whatever you you're destined to be but a lot of times um, we take a lot of assessments right so, for example, when I t- took the strength finders, one of my strengths is that I'm futuristic. Well, it's almost like, well, dang, I'm futuristic, and I, I consider the things afar off, but I also need to practice being present. And yeah. present so much so that I need to enjoy what's going on, be comfortable being uncomfortable, be comfortable being stretched, not uh, fantasizing so much about the future that I don't enjoy the present, which can help mold me and guide me in the direction that I need to go. So I'm always at, uh, truthfully, I'm always in conflict with conflict with that. Not being the potter in the clay, like, oh God, I want you to use me. I want you to show me who you want me to be and do what you yeah. need to do and bless these endeavors. If it ain't for me, don't don't let me do it. And if it ain't for me, close the door. Like all of that. But I but, think like we, we hold that as an excuse. I, I, I like that, you know what I mean? God, close the door. You know you know ahead of time that those will be closing on. You know <laughs> well, what I mean? Sometimes like, you don't. And what is the instance when you don't know? I can't really say when you when you don't you don't know per se, but sometimes you don't know when the door needs to be closed. Like, first of all, emotions can have you with every which way. That's first and foremost. When you have a plan and you stick into it. You can have tunnel visual tunnel vision on the goal that is set before you, right? And or the goal that you set before yourself. So you can silence voices. You can monitor emotions, even in that in that instance. So sometimes it's kind of challenging to right. say. Well, no, that, that well, I didn't say that you were that you that. And, and basically, what you were saying too was that you are silent. You were silencing voices, but if mm-hmm. you go back. And you really look at that thing every single time. I, every single time, there was always signs. I ignored them, 
And that's where God was like, okay, I'm just going to close this sucker for you. But there was never a time, I can honestly say there's never a time where God didn't give me a sign. Now, we do ignore. We definitely ignore them, the signs. And we will be like, ah. And we'll have, and like you said, we have our, we'll have our emotion in it. I can't say that. I can't, I, I will respectfully acknowledge the fact that that's your experience. I will say, even when I was interested in student affairs, for example, I did everything that I was supposed to do. I applied to be a NUF fellow with NASPA. I was bringing around a new area of study at the University of Cincinnati where students weren't even interested in student affairs. They didn't even know that that was a master's degree that could be available to them. And then I went through the program, I applied to the universities, I studied for the GRE, didn't do well on the GRE. And then also when I got an acceptance to the University of Louisville and I needed to retake the GRE, my recommender did not send in her recommendation form. So I can't say that I saw that as a red flag. I was more so like, well, dang girl, you didn't do what you said you was going to do. Right. But then we know, okay, now she shared why she didn't send that, that recommended share why they didn't send in that, that recommendation later, all right? But even still, though, even though she later shared, let's be very clear about that, that was right. later right? Um, in that. And also understand that in between the time of application, going through um, um, getting familiar with the campus and meeting people and stuff, there was still a lack of communication. That It wasn't until I had acquired a whole new career path right now when that person did share why they did not do the recommendation based on x y and z things did you when you look back did you notice whether you was up was you living up to those x y and z things of why they didn't write the recommendation letter for you honestly no so you didn't agree with nope why? i did not Okay. I did not agree. I also felt like at that time, too, I was, it was two things. One, I agree with what was being said because I had already found security in a new career. That's one. And two, I also agreed um, for the sake of, I was a person that hung on every word of a mentor and that I didn't have the confidence to be able to disagree. Because when I saw that somebody saw something in me, I took them on every word. They yeah, I don't like, it, I don't do and that. all of that, and so that's what that was me at that time. So yeah. even when I look back, um, I would have did some. I would definitely had done some things differently at the time, as I wish there was some guidance that was done a little differently at the time as well. Right. I just think that I I, I still <laughs> think that you know, and I but I just everything think happens for a reason. Now that right, I and I still think weird. that to me that. It's not even in, 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 in on top of that, sometimes it's not even like a closed door. It could also still be it's like a detour. Is, yeah, and it could be like the door is still open too, and there's opportunity. I just, from my experience, have just always seen that there's always typically something like, like, I've that, that's just how I've always seen it. It has never, like, there are things that definitely do come as a support. As a surprise, like, oh, I didn't know I was going to have cancer. You know, somebody know they didn't go, it wasn't going to have cancer. Those are complete surprises. So, obviously, there's always going to be an exceptional rule. And this is probably, this, your situation could also still be an exceptional rule. But, like, for the most part, there are always, like, when you date somebody, I, you know, when you look back at it, you'd be like, damn, damn, uh, they definitely was acting like that. You know what I mean? In this situation, you, I always see. And, and even Woo! to that, I still say, like, 
it depends like it's always going to depend but what i'm saying is like majority of the time you're going to see some signs that's all i'm saying like you're going it's going to always depend because you're going to always have you gonna always have the uh, the exception like uh, this this does this, this does not apply to the rule, you know what I mean? But for the most part, I can't say in my life that I have not I'm not holding myself accountable in the sense of like because mm-hmm. everything that I look back at and I see it like for the most part I can't mm-hmm. recall right now something that I did not see at all coming. Cause even when I didn't get my did, when the first job I when the only job I got fired from y'all was me being a janitor. Was the one thing the one thing that I could say is that did I see it coming when I was young? No, but one of the things that I look at right now of me getting fired, I was too busy damn near doing student government stuff. So every time they called me for an emergency, I was never there when I was doing student student work. So I never had the opportunity to truly truly mm-hmm. commit myself to what they really wanted us to do because I wanted to be super involved. But at first, when I looked at it, I was like, oh, no. You know what I mean? I didn't do nothing because I work my regular shifts. But for the extra stuff, like the day in, day out stuff, yep, I, I, I seen it. You know what I mean? That's what I do at the close. Now, the reason why I close is because what was on the other side was for me to be president of our Black Union and different things like that, mm-hmm. get into Collegial 100, those, you know, accolades and programs. But let me tell you something. When I look at it all, for the most part, I agree with you on that. For the most part, there's typically some signs. That's God's plan. And I and I think that's the thing. At the end of the day, in my experience, it was it wasn't supposed to happen that way. Right. And it was what I wanted and what I thought out in my mind that it was gonna go that way. And then when it didn't happen that way, yeah, I was Saudi. Yeah. But as it as it is now, I'm thankful that the recommendation that letter didn't go through because I've been able to have a fruitful career that has allowed me to do something that I long time ago when I signed up to be a psychology major, I said out of my mouth, I would love to pursue hair seriously one day. So I was afforded that opportunity. And now the things that I wanted to do in student affairs and higher ed, I can now do uh, by way of you being obedient to being um, an entrepreneur and starting Profile Gentleman, my first speaking opportunity um, as a business, talking to black male educators. And then from there, I had some other opportunities to talk in schools. Now I will be acquiring a master's degree that will allow me to teach on a collegiate level if I so decide, still interacting with students or whatever the case may be on a side. So this was, it was a detour for sure, but it was purposeful. And there were a lot of, uh, things that I've learned along the way that yeah. I might not have learned had it been this very cookie cutter way or the way that Nigel thought it was supposed to go. It might not have, it not, it might yeah. not, it would yeah. not have happened that way. I agree with that. Yep. And I also, I mean, and, and the point of me, even like constantly, even like harpoonists is the fact that like, I just think that a lot of people don't create a plan or don't really go so hard in there not a lot of people, but I experience people who do not create a plan and don't go hard in their endeavors and goals because they just waiting on God or they, or, you know, it's all in God's timing. It's like, but what are you doing in his timing? Like well, that's the thing. what's happening? You got to give him something to work with. Yes. 
<laughs> flat out. Or as the students are saying these days, period. <laughs> period. Got, no comment. You got to <laughs> give him something to work with in order for him to bless. I definitely agree with that. So you got yes. to do the work. Gotta be I like that. For sure. How do, what does it look like for you to have done the work? What did the work look like for you when you was waiting on God's timing? From you not from you not getting mm-hmm. that acceptance offer, mm-hmm. and then you going to the thing. What what <laughs> did it look like for you? So I what I did. Need to hear the ma- the masses need to hear it. So what I did in the <laughs> interim. So when I got the the letter that said you are conditionally accepted upon the fact that you retake the GRE, I said woo. So what I ended up doing. I had an opportunity to um, work for PNC, which is a bank. And I said, all right, cool, I'm going to do that. So while I worked at the bank, I also styled hair out of the home. And then upon that, um, there was an opportunity afforded to me to work with a new stylist or a stylist who was opening a salon. So it started to wrap my mind around the idea that, oh, I could be a stylist. And so at that time, it was that, June, July, um, that we were working together, having a conversation about her opening the salon. And my mind started being conditioned to think about being an entrepreneur, being a stylist and all that. Mm-hmm. So where I tapped into my cosmetology teacher, we had some conversation and she told me do business with people who do business like you. Cause I really wasn't feeling the way the lady wanted to go about handling business. That was also mm-hmm. my first Bronner Brothers show. For most people who um, don't know, Bronner Brother has been going on for years. It's a uh, hair convention uh, for black, well, I won't say for black people, but a lot of the stylists and educators are black. Mm-hmm. And so I attended my first Bronner Brother that August. I also um, had the conversation with my cosmetology teacher and, uh, and I worked for PNC. And so my mind started, like I said, started being conditioned around, you know what, I want to do this full time. This is what I want it to look like. And I just put it into the atmosphere. And with her encouragement, I was like, you know what, I appreciate the opportunity, but this is not for me. And so when I told her no, shortly thereafter, opportunity came um, with a stylist opening another salon and we hit it off. And that's why I ended up working in that salon months, several months later. January 2013 is when I started working full time. So between August mm. 2012 and January 2013, I was in a space of transition, but I knew I was getting myself geared up to do something different, which was to work full time. And I also had a year to retake the GRE. And when I got the opportunity to work in the salon full time, she said, when do you want to start? This was in about like August, September. And I was like, oh. I'm thinking January. She's like, okay. So I had that amount of time to get myself together. And I walked in there with fear and trembling, but I bet on myself. And mm-hmm. like Brandy Elliott said, Professor Brandy Elliott, Dr. Brandy Elliott from the University of Cincinnati, she said, one of the best things we can do is invest in ourselves. And my yes was an investment in myself. Mm-hmm. And now it's 2019. It is six years later, and I can say that I have never been hungry. I've never been without. I've always had people in my chair, and most of it has been word of mouth, but most of all, favor. So, yeah, here we are on a podcast. Right. 
So there was, what well, I get, I, well, I, there were two things I definitely uh, got out of it was one, utilize the resources that was already within you to manifest this new thing that was coming your way. So it was like this past thing that you had done around cosmetology was an avenue to create a full-time experience for you to, to go to Brown Brothers and do all of these things. Yep. The second thing is the connections that you make. Mm -hmm. So when we are in God's timing, those two things that you could actually look at is look at the past things that you've already done. So when people say, I'm just waiting on God to come through, well, well, what is the application of that? And the application of that that I got out of Niger's story was one, that you continue to connect with people. Absolutely. You continue to connect with people because you will know what it's like. You know, he said no to one person, and that could have scared the shit out of him. He already didn't have no damn job. I don't know how the hell he was that about to tell one person, you got a salon in a chair. What you mean? Uh, and you, you know, like, you got to value yourself. You got to believe. That's and right. When that's she said, right. come on, do business with people that do business like you. That meant something to me because yeah. I was like, although I may not have the capital or the resources to do business. Yeah. A certain way. I know instinctually the way that I want to do business and that's yeah. not it. And yeah. I believed that I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be without. Yeah. Like, and it's difficult to, it's difficult to not be hungry for every move to come. I, and it's hard. You got to really is. create discernment for, you have to create discernment uh, uh, when you're in God's timing to know whether this is for you specifically or not. Yeah. Because you, there was a, there had to have been some type of sign and share or some type of thing that you saw. Within that person, it says, okay, this person isn't it, but I'm having faith in God that another business person who yeah. matches my creativity, matches my style. Yep, it was, definitely, it was definitely a match. And mind you, she had never seen my work when she asked me, did I want to come on? It was literally a few hours of conversation that led yeah. us to say, what led her to say, I want you on the team, and I, and I agreed. I didn't know her from a, I didn't know her. I didn't know her leadership style. I didn't know how she functioned, but the way she presented herself, I liked as well as clearly the way that I spoke about myself and well, how I presented myself. She liked in the fact that I referred my professor who I was a stylist of spoke well about me as well. Yeah. So we didn't really know any, <laughs> we didn't know nothing about each other. Dang. But that's God's timing. Time. God's plan. God's plan. Listen, I, my okay. name, his name is Mario Javon Shaw. If there is a fine associated, <laughs> I need to be very clear. He's in Charlotte, North Carolina. I've been singing all the songs today. <laughs> That's what, so the last one um, point that we make as we have about a few minutes, just a few minutes left today, is that the seeds are planted, that, that what it is, um, when you respond, you have to know that these are the seeds that are planted in the ground. They may, this may look like a darker moment for you, but you're growing. Your roots are being firmly planted in deep, rich soil and your roots being your foundation. And so I think oftentimes when it's in, we're in a detour, we're in a season of planting 
and that we're in a season of of putting seeds in the ground. And when the seed is in the ground, it's in dirt, it's messy, it's uncomfortable, it's moist, and I hate that word, but it allows it to be able to grow. But here's the awesome thing about the seed in itself. I'm a gardener, y'all. I love gardening. Yes, when you put garden. that seed in the dirt, the seed don't grow down. The stem of the seed don't grow down. Mm-hmm. It's this natural. We're connected. We, we are a seed. You know what I mean? We start off as a seed. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, I get real. Down, you, you know, you know, the sperm, boom, well, the okay. ovary. We're, <laughs> we're going in another. Bam. Thing. That's the seed. <laughs> Just when you had them, you lost them. I know. That's what I was like. So we are a seed, right? But just like that seed planted in the ground, which is so dope, that sucker is always going to go up because that's where the light is at. We're going to always face and lean ourselves more towards the light. And that's what the detour is all about. We may be detoured, but we're still going towards the destination. And mm-hmm. as us, as, as, as living seeds, as movable seeds, we're always going towards the light. We're always going towards something positive. So when these things that are negative in your life, know that you are a seed, that oftentimes it may be a dark, dirty, cloudy, wet, and moist moment. But what will end up happening is that you are going to naturally lend and bend yourself to the light. And that's what it's about. It's about bending yourself to that light and going straight up there. But the reason why the seed got to be planted in the dirt is because you got to remain grounded. And your roots are what keeps you grounded. Your roots are where you come from will keep you grounded and remind you where you have come from. I remember this quote to talk about that the path, you cannot, um, uh, you, ha- you have to appreciate the path that brought you here to this day. And many of us don't appreciate the path and the plan that it took for us to just get to this moment. And we got to stop and thank the moment of us getting right here. Once we stop and thank that moment that's getting right here, then we move forward. Mm-hmm. We go forward into, into our careers. We go forward into our destiny. But that's what it's about. And that's all. You know what I mean? And that, those are the three things that I, that, that I hung myself upon. You know, the realization that we have a choice. This whole you, God's plan. And, and intentionally, we learned a lot about Nigel's story, even around that. You know what I mean? Like, that was strong because people talk about the waiting. I'm just waiting on God. But nobody talk about what were you doing while you were waiting on God? Yeah. What were you doing? Because if you thought you were supposed to have this job, but then you end up going to this other job, what did that process look like? Share the painful moments so I can know yeah. what I'm going to experience. <laughs> That's very important. People, I, I encourage us to be more transparent, honest with people about what it looks like because so many people are on journeys and we don't share what that looks like Mm-mm. at all. And mm-hmm. we get on social media and we see the snapshot of our representatives or what we want to share, but we don't talk about, you know, we post when we got the job or the, or or the promotion or whatever, Mm. but we don't talk about 
the, mm-hmm. the lonely times, the dark nights, the times we cried, the how many no's we got, the interviews that we bombed, and how many times we rehearsed. Like, we don't talk, <laughs> you know, we don't talk about those things. Like, we don't, yeah, we just don't talk about them. The, I, even for me, like, when people say, oh, you expensive when they talk about my prices, but I'm like, you don't know the times where I was braiding hair in Ooh. a living room with a fold-out chair or, on a, or a computer chair. Like, yeah. How much you was know? your is? Or when a person paid me in straight-up quarters. <laughs> I remember that shit. How... <laughs> <laughs> How much was your sewings at the be? You remember when you was in undergrad? They were like, like less than 50. that was sixty five sixty five dollars, and I said, "Well, oh, I'm gonna do it." And then eventually, it's like, "Oh, I need to do a price increase to eighty dollars." That's when the phone bill was forty dollars because <laughs> uh, smartphones wasn't a big thing, so you could choose to have a data plan. People were getting their hair done, y'all. Like Harold was late how he was doing it, and they were getting it done for eighty dollars. That was a steal. But then you recognize your worth. Listen, then I grew up and I had real bills and and it, but the people that start off with you at the eighty dollars that are they're still able to able to give you the money mm-hmm. in your current prices. Sure can. That's Cause dope. Because when he's in the neighborhood, ah! they bless your house, my house, and the house is next to him. Oh my God. That's it right there. Okay. Well, guys, I love this because many of us experience detours, but we never ever have the true conversation of what it looks like looks like. Look like I was messing over that, but what does it look like Whoa. for us to get out of that detour? Or well, we in a detour, what are the tools that we can have to make it happen? I love it. Nigel. Um, benediction. I just hope that y'all took something away from the conversation today about detours. Detours, at the end of the day, they're not bad. You're no. still gonna, you're still gonna end up at your destination. You're gonna acquire some new knowledge along the way. You might be stretched. You may gain some words of wisdom. You may connect with some people you might not have connect with, connected with, excuse me. Um, but it's all going to be for your good, for his yeah. glory at the end of the day. Or however, however you believe, whatever you do, just know that it's going to work out for your good. You're good and it's intentional and you have mm-hmm. choice. I think mm-hmm. that's the biggest thing from that I take away from it all. When you decide that, when you realize you're at a crossroad, you always have choice about how you're going to let it impact your life and how you're going to respond. That's good. You have choice. You have you choice. Have choice. You have cho- okay, you have choice. Okay. You have choice. I can't do nothing. Like, look, y'all, shoot. If I was drinking today, it'll be even worse. Uh, but <laughs> you guys, thank you again. Honestly, y'all just hold it down for us as we always like been taking our time um <laughs> for sending these things out um and getting time to record we just haven't had the time but i appreciate you and thank you for listening to the go boy podcast bye bye you have a choice good night